0: Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. It's good to be here this morning. It's good to be together. Turn to your neighbour and say, it's good to see you. (laughs) It is good to see you. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for coming out of your homes after a long lockdown. Um, but this presence of God is here. I um, don't know if you can sense it, but I can sense it. And his presence is here because he wants to meet with you. And I just encourage you this morning, open your heart afresh. Open your spirit, open your heart, open your mind. The Lord wants to do something in your heart today. You know, there's a difference between hearing and listening. Hearing is, you're hearing things all the time. There's different noises. You're hearing me, you're hearing that, you're hearing maybe your neighbour. But listening is when you lean in and you really pay attention and you know that you're listening because it causes you to change. Because what can happen is that we can come to church every Sunday, uh, but if we don't, have the attitude of every week I want to change, then what happens is it's like this. It's like you're going to the gym and you've got all the gear on, you're in the gym and you sit on the bike and for an hour you sit there and then you go, oh, yeah, I've sat here for an hour and you go and you didn't pedal once. So there's no effect, there's no change. All you could do is tell your friends I went to the gym for an hour this morning there 's no change, so the attitude we have to have is every time we meet together, we want to have an attitude of change and My goal for you and my challenge for you is that every time you come to church, have the attitude of today i 'm going to change one thing there 's one thing I want to change, and so in today 's message, I want to encourage you lay a hold of at least one thing and think i 'm going to cause that. To change, And you're just like the person then in the gym working out, causing change, getting healthy instead of being the person who sits on the, or stands on the treadmill or sits on the bike seat and doesn't do anything. And then after six months, you're the same person as you were today because you never listened, you only heard. You have to listen. Remember the difference between listening and hearing, and no doubt I'll teach my son this. He can hear our voice, but until he listens and changes, he's not listening. And Jesus said, those who have ears, let them hear, let them listen, let them hear to hear what God's saying. So make sure you're somebody who's in the gym today changing. Amen? Awesome. Hey, who's glad to be back? We could go home after that. That was a full-on great message just there. That's it. that's enough. That'll change your life. Too many of us have sat in the gym for 20 years and never changed. We need the Holy Spirit to change us. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Daily be transformed. Don't be the same. Awesome. I just want to say before we start, before we get into the Word, um... A few thank yous. This past couple of months with lockdown, it's been tough. It's been tough for society. It's been tough for many people, um, especially the extroverts. have probably found it extra tough. Um, introverts, probably not so much. But, um, you know, there's no doubt that we've been in two years now of uh, stop-start, stop-start, you know, disjointedness. I spend my... Uh, time every week I speak to at least two or three pastors, checking in, asking how they're going, and the consensus is is that the disjointedness definitely causes um, a bit of an effect on people. And so it's great that we can be together in the flesh, but I just want to take a time to- a moment just to honour people who have worked really hard during this lockdown. We're blessed. We have over 90 volunteers in our church, and and that's amazing. Um, And we thank our volunteers uh, for their hard work. Um, But you've had a a few months off, most of you. But there's been a few who have taken up the challenge. And so I just want to honour people. I want to honour those who, for our church online, have worked really hard, our production team, our creative team, our, our teachers and service leaders, our, our editors, our people who have taken many, many, many hours so that we can sit on our lounge chairs and enjoy church online. Uh, let's give them a hand because they're amazing. People have paid a price so that we could be blessed. Uh, I want to say an awesome thank you as as well to people who have helped with our pastoral care calls. Thank you for expressing the heart of Jesus to our community and our church community. Thank you so much for your faithfulness. Um, I want to say also a big thank you to our board who carry our church in their hearts, our board members. We've had conversations about the church, about the safety of our church, about the future of our church. Thank you for, for you. You guys cover us. I want to thank our pastors in our church. Uh, pastors, um, just so you're aware, guys, I, I approach leadership as a shepherd. That's my mentality all the time. I think what is best for our sheep, and when I think about you, I think about sheep. So hopefully that's not offensive, but I think about a lot of that and maybe a woolly coat, um, and I think about things that can affect the sheep I think about wolves I think about circumstances I think about the weather Uh, spiritually I wonder uh, and uh, what the heart of God is for you my wife will tell you it wakes me up at night I carry you our pastoral team carries you and I just want to say that the last couple of months has been very tricky for pastors everywhere why because there are so many uh, guidelines there are so many people to think about, there are so many opinions, there are so many things we have to consider, even us meeting back together in the flesh, some churches are waiting until December, some are, uh, you know, met straight away, you know, we're trying to think about safety, we're trying to think about all these things while trying to make sheep uh, as happy as we can, but most of all, we're trying to honour the Father. And there is a big price to pay for that. And so I just want you to be a person and a sheep who knows that shepherds will always fight battles that sheep sometimes aren't even aware of. (laughs) If you're a parent here, thank you for being awesome parents, but who knows that you fight fights that your kids aren't aware of. You have to think about things your kids don't have to think about. And pastors and shepherds are like that. And so I just want to make sure that we honour our pastors and shepherds, uh, Pastor Nat and Kez, Pastor John, Alex, um, in the community, Pastor Paul, um, my wife, Charlie. Um, There's been a lot of conversation, a lot of prayer. Um, The pastoral team here will know that I am frustrating sometimes because some answers people want, they want like that, but sometimes I have to say I need to wait on the Lord. I need to take time to marinate in his presence and consider the heart of the Father. And I think we have a church that is blessed by that. And so I just want to take time to say, please pray for your pastors. Uh, last thing I'll say is this. And remember, I, I oversee our region, our ACC pastors from Helensburg down to Eden. So I'm, there's a lot of pastors I'm working with. Please pray for pastors and pray for their kids. Um, the, the enemy will try and attack. Sheep, but he knows that if he can attack a shepherd, the sheep will scatter. So more energy goes into attacking shepherds than sheep, yeah? Um, And often it's the kids that pay the price. So please protect your pastors. um, Thank them, pray for them. When you see their kids, like Ellie today, give her the biggest happy birthday. She's a pastor's kid. I was a pastor's kid. She has to carry things, um, which isn't her choice, that most don't. So let's just make sure we have hearts when it comes to this. But thank you to our pastors. Let's give them a hand because they're amazing. Shepherds. Shepherds. We're called to be shepherds. All right. Are you ready for something funny? Has anyone missed the weekly funny moments? I haven't missed them. A little girl finally got to attend a wedding for the first time. While in the church, the girl asked her mother, Why is the bride dressed in white? The mother replied to the girl, Because white is the color of happiness, and it's the happiest day of her life today. (laughs) <laughs> you know that time when you copy and pasted a joke but it's the first half of it <laughs> I'm going to try and finish it by remembering it uh, <laughs> she said it's the happiest day of her life the little girl turns to her mum and says then why is the groom wearing black <laughs> yeah. that wasn't too hard wasn't too hard Uh. Someone asked, why haven't you done Joke of the Week on church online? I don't want any evidence, any evidence of how poor the podcast is enough, but anyway. Cool. This morning for a few minutes, I want to speak to you about walking with God. Yeah. Walking with God. Thanks, Nat. You can sit down. Father, we just thank you for your presence. We thank you that you're here. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. We thank you, Lord, that your word declares that you go before us, that you surround us like a shield. Father, this morning we pray in the name of Jesus that you would be here in power, that we would listen to you, Holy Spirit, that we would walk away changed today, that we would have humble hearts to hear what you're saying. Father, we honour you. We thank you for your son. We thank you for the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Awesome. These last couple of months have been uh, a great opportunity for you and I to be tested in our convictions. Tested in convictions. Everybody can have a great theory about things. You can even open the Word of God and come with a great theory or theology. But the power of God in your life will come through the moment that theory becomes testimony. Amen? Do you know that? You know, you overcome the enemy. Revelation tells us you overcome the enemy by the blood of Jesus and by the word of your testimony. But what is your testimony? Your testimony is when you go through testing. I hate tests. I failed my L's test six times. Same. It was back when L's tests were free, so I didn't really mind too much. I got to the sixth time, and the lady behind the counter said, Is everything okay? <laughs> Literally, said that to me. I was a regular at the RTA. The reason why I failed was because I didn't know much about the alcohol section. And I didn't want to know much about it. And so, whenever I got to how many drinks can you have, I never really knew the answer. (laughs) On the fifth time, I think my parents were tired of driving me to the RTA, and I thought, I need to read the manual, the book, the L's book. So I read the book, and I passed the test on the sixth time, Although it was very, very embarrassing that it took six times. So if you're here and you're going for your roles and you fail, think about me (laughs) and think at least I'm not as bad as what he was. (laughs) When I went for my peas, the moment of yes, my pea plates, I can't believe it. I got everything right except for outside the post office it was green, and I didn't wait for the car coming this way, and I went on green and cut in front of a car. It was pretty safe, but it broke the rules. I think the car could have even been behind another car turning. I didn't wait long enough, and basically it was one of those, one of those things that if you get it wrong, you fail. You can get 99%, but if you get one of those wrong, you fail, and they cost money, so that one hurt even more. I failed my P's. There are students doing HSC's now, is it? Or soon? Yeah, week. Next week, is it? This week? Uh, at the end of the service, seriously, if you want prayer, we'd love to pray for you if you're doing an HSC. That God's peace would be with you and He would help you. But I just did not like tests. I was, I was slightly above average as a student, but. I still wasn't the kid in class who got A-pluses all the time. Anyone here love tests because you just knew you were going to ace it? Who are the smarties in the room? Troy, Troy put his hand up. In the kingdom, we have tests. And tests come in not because God's mean, but because God wants to grow you. James chapter 1 says, Be joyful when you go through trials or tests because it creates, through perseverance, maturity. So if you want to be someone who's mature, you have to go through tests, because tests take your theory and create testimony. (sighs) My son is led by his emotions. I love my son. He is the light of my world. I absolutely adore him. But he's 19 months, and he's learnt the word no, no. And he says the word, nah, all the time. It's the cutest note ever, but it's still a no. Can you do, can, do, you want, do you want this? Nah. And then he takes it and eats it. He just loves saying no to everything because it's his word. But sometimes we have to say no to him, and he's learning that he doesn't get everything his own way, and then that's when you know because he starts to cry. Big tears, bottom lip why can't I play, play outside more? Why do I have to have dinner now? Why is it bath time? Whatever it might be. And it's because he has to, he, he's at an age where he hasn't learned that conviction is more important than emotion. Now, emotion is important. You have to be in touch with your emotions. But your emotions can't lead you. They are a, they are a, a bucking horse sometimes if you are a person who's led by your emotions because we live in a generation of this I feel in brackets therefore I'm right I feel in brackets therefore I'm justified now imagine if I lived according to my feelings with my son that would be a very messy family if I was the one saying, nah, and tucking a, tucking a tantrum on the ground every time I didn't want to do something, you have a poopy nappy, oh, on the ground, oh, he'd be like, Dad, what are you doing? There was a show on this week. Anyone watch Strictly Parents? Oh, Strictly, what's it called? Parental Guidance. Anyone watch that? Okay. What an interesting show. I was like, I'm never going to watch it. Boo. I boo the ad. My wife's like, I'm going to watch it. And then I watched it, and I thought, this is very interesting. And Sam, five days on there. It's so interesting to me. Ex-football player. Anyway, there was an exercise... Actually, who actually watched it? I was going to say, who actually... Okay, not many. Okay. There were, it's about all these parents, all these different parenting styles. There was one, one, one family, like five or six kids, who live in a single-man tent. No, not single-man. It was like a bigger tent, but it was one room. Yeah? <laughs> It was like Charlotte's worst nightmare, like this dirty kids and dirty family. No doubt nice, no doubt nice people. I don't know, I can't tell. Anyway, shh, stop talking, stop talking. There was one family on there who, <laughs> it was so hard to watch. Does anyone else here boo the TV sometimes? Yeah, oh, it's such a bad thing. I, if we ever watch TV together, I'm sorry. In advance, I'm going to be booing some things. I can't. I hate booing, by the way. I'll never boo you in the flesh. <laughs> but if you're on TV, I might boo you. <laughs> anyway, there was one family on there, and they were the... What were they? The touchy-feely good... What are they? Attachment family. They were the attachment family, which is we're very led by how we feel, and as long as we have an attachment moment every single moment of the day with our kids... And there was one exercise where they got the parents to act like kids and the kids to be the parents. Very interesting. And the mum was acting like a little kid, like speaking in baby talk. It was so hard to watch. (laughs) Oh, boo, this is terrible. How could you do this on national TV? Confusing the kids. If you're listening to this lady, God bless you. I love to, you're great. Okay, encouragement, (laughs) encouragement. It'd be weird if I was led by my emotions and talk like a baby to my son for the rest of his life. Get home from school. I don't even know had a speak baby, but you know what I mean. Listen, the heart of God is this, and this isn't even my sermon. But take it. The heart of God is this: that you are somebody who goes through testing to walk in testimony who goes from theory to conviction, and conviction is only shown true when you're tested on what you believe. This past few months, you've been tested. You've been tested with, will you still keep giving, even though you're not here being encouraged? Will you still watch online, even though it's been nicer to go outside and enjoy the weather sometimes? Will you still be someone who reads the scripture, even though you haven't met together, to be encouraged about it? There's been this great testing of our of our faith when we haven't had the in person connection that we usually have, which carries so much power. What is it like when no one's in your world in that way? Are you still as passionate? Are you still hungering after God? Are you still a person of worship? Are you still someone who's an encourager? Are you still somebody who reads the scripture? It's just a test. For some of us, how's your marriage going when you're in lockdown? When you're in a confined space for extended periods? And it's not honeymoon, lovey dovey, oh, we just want to spend 24 7 together. It is, I'm around you too much. You see, we go through testing. You go through testing when it comes to things like a health scare. It's easier to quote, the Bible on healing when you believe it for somebody else, but when you're there facing a crisis, how's your faith? <laughs> you see, the Father is not mean in heart, but He wants you to mature and grow. Yes. He wants you to be somebody who understands that when you get to that place of maturity, that it says in the scripture, it says, you lack nothing. Yes. Walking with God is something that the Lord wants us to do so closely. Yeah. Yeah. I love walking with my, well, my son. He, he's a bit hard at the moment. He's, he's walking. And yesterday, Charlie and I and Bear went down to Berry for breakfast. And the cafe was, cafes were packed, so we just got coffee and just walked down the main street. And Bear can only stay in the pram for so long. Before he wants to get out, he's very energetic. So we, we're teaching him, hey, this is how you walk. Down a busy street, you hold mum or dad's hand. And he does that for a bit, but then he'll be like, I don't want to hold your hand anymore. I want to be free. I want to run. And he's just learned in the last few months how to run. And he runs with his legs really high, and it's so cute. He's got his nappy, and it's hilarious. And just so I love what it started raining. We had a rainstorm a couple of weeks ago, and he'd never been in the rain. And he was out there, and it was thundering. I was like, oh, please, God, let this be safe. And he's just doing back and forward. I put it on Instagram. Back and forward in the rain, squealing with delight. This is amazing. I'm running in the rain. I'm jumping in puddles. The thing, though, is that he has to learn to walk close to us. Otherwise, there's potential danger out there. And if... I see you down Junction Street, and you're on one side of the street, and I'm on the other, and we're walking in the same direction. We're not, still, we're not walking together. We're just walking. Walking together means closeness. It means I can hear what you're saying. Even if you're quiet, I can hear. The Father heart for you is that he wants to walk closely with you. He wants to walk in intimacy with you. Don't be somebody who has a walk with God, but God's across the street. Because to another person, they wouldn't be able to tell that you're walking with God. The closest person we should walk with is the Father. Genesis chapter 3, verse 8 says this. Let me read it to you. It says Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? We see here the fact that the Father's calling out to them, where are you? Shows that there must have been some type of walking that happened. God with man. This is a sign of what perfection looks like. That you and I can have a close walk with God. But who knows that when you're walking with someone, what if they take a turn right? What if they turn left? What if they slow down? What if they speed up? You have to be aware of the person you're walking with. When you walk closely with God, you are filled with life. Life. Different people to look at who walk with God in the scripture. Noah in Genesis 6, verse 9. It says, These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation, and Noah walked with God. If the scripture was written about you and I, would it say Josh Poulton walked with God? Would it say that Ryan walked with God? That is the loudest fan ever. We might turn it off. Thanks, Mark, for thinking of me. (laughs) Enoch, in Genesis 5, 24, says, Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Abraham, Genesis 24, 40, He said to me, The Lord before whom I have walked will send his angels with you and make your journey a success. Abraham walked with God. How many people do you know who you think, when you think of them, you think, man, they walk with God. You see, we're great at thinking we walk with God, but God's across the street. We might have moments with God, we might have experiences with God, but God wants more than that, he wants intimacy. Listen, he wants, you to, he wants to be the one you think about when you wake up and when you go to bed. He wants to be the one you run to in your crisis, the one that you go to in your celebration. He wants to be your father. And I'm learning this with my own son, as imperfect as I am. He is my joy. Yeah. Yeah. To walk with him is my joy. It's, you know, a day walking with the father is never a day wasted. If you're writing notes, write that down. Put it on your Twitter. Put it on your Instagram. It's important. Am I wasting my life? Are you walking with God? How can you waste your life when you walk with God? (laughs) Good preaching. But you see, God won't force you to be in a backpack on his back. He gives you the free will to choose to walk with Him, which makes the relationship powerful. If you didn't have a choice, then it's not a relationship, is it? Therefore, we have to choose to walk with God. Leonard Ravenhill, a great preacher, said this, Smart men walked on the moon, Daring men walked on the ocean floor, But wise men walk with God. How cool is that? Do you want to be wise today? Colossians chapter 2 verse 6. Therefore as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. James 4 8. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So here's some thoughts about how we walk with God. And remember the challenge every week? Lay a hold of something you can change, be changed by. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7, it says this. It says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. The first way to walk with God is to walk by faith. Remember the song, I Walk by Faith? Anyone, anyone remember that? And we used to walk along the room together. And then Friend would walk back together. We actually need some more uh, I think we need some more of those types of songs. <laughs> and then when you're younger, you wanted it to be fun, so you would just sprint across the room and sprint across the room, knock old people out of the way. By the way, when you're a kid, anyone over 20 is old. Yeah. It's a, the Bible gives us this shield of faith. We talk about the armour of God put on the helmet of salvation. Yeah. But the shield of faith, the shield is something that you have to hold up. Yeah. You know what the shield of faith is? The shield of faith, and it says, it says, Beware of the enemy's fiery darts. Put, put up your shield of faith. Yeah. What are those fiery arrows? That's anything that people say that's not what God says. you know that? Anything anyone's ever said to you that's not what God says about you is a fiery dart. So what do you do? You hold up the shield of faith. What is the shield of faith? It's everything God says you are. Well, that's good preaching. That is, if we could get that that every day you hold up your shield of faith because you have this filter. Does God say that? If not, it is not something I'm going to allow to touch me. I will hold up my shield of faith because this is what God says I am. Why is it important you read your scripture every day so you learn the heart of God when it comes to the shield of faith? We live in this generation right now of over-information. Social media, just one scroll of that news feed and you were just bombarded with so many arrows that you've got to be so guarded. The news, people, fellow Christians, your workmates, whatever it is, you've got to be on your guard. It's a shield for a reason. It's a battle instrument. (laughs) I love that. It's something you hold up and you say, no, no, this is not who God says I am. For your family, I hold up the shield. This is not who God says we are. For all the dads here, know the scripture so you can hold up the shield of faith when things start raining down on your family, that's not what God says you are. And know this though, that God has given you a shield of faith. So therefore we must walk by faith. We must believe that God is there. We must believe that he is a loving father. We must choose to believe even in moments of doubt. And guess what? You're going to have moments of doubt. You're going to have moments that are challenging. But hold up the shield of faith. Hold up the word of God. The second thought is this. We need to walk with humility. Humility. One of my greatest joys uh, as a dad, and my son done it this morning, he would just look up at me and he would just put his arm straight up. Where is my son, by the way? Is he outside, is he? Is in kids? Oh, Auntie Ange, okay. He would look up at me and, and he would just put his arm straight up. I can't go any higher, but... And I just, I can't help but pick him up. It's an, it's just, it's, as a dad, oh, it's my joy to pick you up. Especially in moments when he's not sure. Or if it's like, you know, the other day the whippersnapper went on and he, like, what is that extremely loud noise? That, it's okay, but he'll, he'll scurry up and hold me. Our Heavenly Father is just like that when we go, hold me. Dad, hold me. I'm not sure right now. Hold me. Right, today, I, I need you just to... And then you get his perspective because what happens? My son's this tall. He's in the top 25% for his age, by the way. We found out from the, his, his checkup this week. He, we, we, I pick him up and now he's on my level. That's what humility does. Now, humility isn't thinking um, of yourself. It's not thinking of less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Yeah? It's not putting yourself down. Oh, I suck. I didn't do this. I can't believe. I'm a failure. Oh, God. No, no. It's saying, God, you are holy, you are worthy, and you are rightfully in the place you were meant to be, which is above me. Help me. Every day I pray that prayer. God, help me. This last few months, I've needed wisdom. I've needed wisdom how to lead the church. I've spoken to so many different pastors, how they're doing things and different things, but ultimately, God, what is it you have for celebration, church? Help me. When my son asks me for help, I love it. It's my joy to help him. And if you're a dad here, you would know exactly what I'm talking about. It's not an inconvenience. I'd love to help you, son. Come up on my level, come into my big arms. You're safe here. I've got you. (laughs) <laughs> we just have to remember that with humility we have to remember who we are yeah. Yeah. here's an example it's a weird example but i'm going to try and use it you and i are like radios the old school box radios that you turn on turn off anyone have them i still use them My dad still has one in his garage, but he's in there, he clicks it on, normally for the cricket. What happens is, with a radio, a radio has to zone in, and when it hits the right frequency, it produces amazing music. Some of the greatest symphonies can come through the radio. What happens though in life is this, We've got to be careful that a radio doesn't start to believe that they created the symphony. Wow. You have a radio walking down the street. I wrote that song. I, Beethoven was all me. Because it's learnt how to amplify the frequency, but it's gotten mixed up thinking that its success is that it produced the music when it never produced the music, it just zoned in Right. Where does insecurity come from? Because we look at someone else who's a radio and their symphony sounds more amazing than me and therefore I'm insecure about what they're doing because it makes me feel like a failure. But you're still picking up music. On the flip side of it, some of us are like radios that are broken. We pick up more static than beautiful music. And we have such a low opinion of ourselves because... We hear the static more than we hear the symphony. So humility is this. Humility is, Father, I'm a radio for your kingdom. Let me zone in through relationship and amplify the beauty of heaven. I don't create heaven. I amplify the frequency of heaven here on earth, but I understand I'm a radio not the conductor. Is this making sense? When I'm creative and write that amazing song, it's not that I'm creative and write that amazing song. It's that the Father has placed that in me to express it on the earth, but I'm just getting a frequency from heaven. That sermon wasn't because I'm so great. It's because I took time to zone in to the frequency of heaven. (laughs) That marriage isn't perfect, is isn't so great. Because I'm so great, it's because I've taken time to zone in as a radio to the frequency of heaven. And my job is to amplify the noise as loud as I can to give him glory. Oh, does this make sense? I know it's humoured, but how cool is this? If you feel like you're a broken radio, sit with the Father and zone in until you hear his beauty over you. Because he still created you. You're still created as someone. And we amplify through sound the symphony of his kingdom. Oh, that is good preaching. So we should be happy for each other when people succeed because it's not that they're awesome, it's that God is awesome in them. They've just caught something of heaven. So we celebrate it. And we say, Awesome, well done. You said, There's no insecurity in heaven. Stop being insecure. Insecurity is fear. It's because you don't know who you are. Father, show us who we are and how loved we are. I've got to keep using my son because I just, here's my world. If you see him, he doesn't give too much away here. Like, you can be working hard, like, Hey, hey, girl, and he'll just look at you like, Hey. The weird thing is at home, he is the most happy, laughing. But here he's like, he just doesn't really, he doesn't care, he's he's got no one to impress. Not at home either, he doesn't have anyone to impress at home either. But here he's just, he's just him. He hasn't learnt fear. He hasn't learnt what it's like to hide away in the corner because he's just like, he's lived in an environment that is safe. Imagine if you didn't have any fear in your life. Imagine what you would do if you had no fear. Imagine an existence with no worry, no anxiety, no fear. What a good existence that would be. (laughs) Is this okay? So we have to have humble hearts. Micah 6 verse 8 says he has told you O man what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God walk humbly with your God to walk in a place of humility Psalm 1 verse 1 blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked nor stands in the way of sinners nor sits in the seat of scoffers Don't walk in the way of those around you. Don't walk in the way of your work colleagues, your your people in your world, your school friends. Those who don't know Christ, don't walk in their way. Walk in the Father's way. And you will be blessed. Who wants to be blessed? I want to be blessed. The way you're blessed is to walk in the counsel of God. The Scripture teaches us this. Number three, we're called to walk in the Spirit. Galatians 5.16 says but i say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh walk with the spirit walk so closely with the spirit of god you know that sometimes god will speak to you in a whisper (laughs) we want him to be turned up loud super clear how did he speak to moses was it was Abraham, that was Moses, I think. It wasn't through the storm, it wasn't through the fire, it wasn't through the wind, it was through the whisper. How do you hear whispers? Remember, this, remember that uh, game, what was it called, Chinese Whispers or something? Is that racist? I don't know. The game growing up, and you would get in a circle, and someone would whisper to the message around. Who was the person that would always change it on purpose? Yeah, yeah, I was that person too. And that's what it was, that's what it's like with God. You've got to be so close to the Father that He whispers. Because what happens is this it's really, really uh, difficult. Turn your phone on, social media yells at you. don't know if you notice that. Comparison, someone else has got a better life. How many followers do I have? How many likes do I have? The news yells at you. 11 o'clock press conferences yell at you. These things in your life, yell, your marriage can yell, your friends can, whatever you give your attention to the most will be the loudest. Therefore, take a moment to give your attention to the Father. Why? Because he needs to be the loudest voice in your life and in my life. Not your pastor, not your connect leader, not your spouse, not your kids. No, no, the Father's Holy Spirit's voice. The comforter, the helper, the encourager, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, the one that Jesus said, it's better for me to go because someone greater is going to come. Jesus said that. The Holy Spirit with you. The Holy Spirit with me. The Holy Spirit being somebody who sometimes will whisper, so you have to dull down the noise. To listen to the sweet voice of the Holy Spirit. Hey, that deserves a bigger amen than that. So much of our struggle won't be a struggle with one word from the Holy Spirit. So much of the decisions you have to make, you have an advisor, you have a counselor. His name is the Holy Spirit. Talk to him, wait on him, know him. Be freed by Him. The greatest relationship in your life should be with the Holy Spirit. I spend most of my time when I see people trying to motivate them to do one thing connect with the Holy Spirit. But I'm insecure. Talk to the Holy Spirit. But I'm struggling. Talk to the Holy Spirit. But I've got fear. Talk to the Holy Spirit. He is powerful. He created the whole world. He's somebody who can help you out of your ditch. But you have to talk with him. My marriage is in trouble. Talk to the Holy Spirit. My workplace is falling apart. My business is struggling. Talk to who? The Holy Spirit. Just talk to him. Walk with him. Commune with him. The Bible tells us that those who are the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Number four, and only one more after this, we need to be people who walk in trust. John 8 12 says, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you have the light. That leads to life. If you walk with him, you don't need to no, any longer walk in darkness. This, uh, this, this continues on to my last point. Walk in His will. Yeah. Ephesians 2:10 says, "For we are His creation, created in Christ Jesus, for good works, which God prepared ahead of time, so that we should, what, walk in Him." 1 John 2 6, the one who says he resides in God all to himself, walk just as Jesus walked. I love this. Psalm 119, verse 105. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Let me ask you this question Are you walking in the will of God today? Well, how do you know what the will of God is? Talk to the Holy Spirit. Open up the Scripture. Study the Word of God. A day walked with the Holy Spirit is a day never wasted. Be led by the heart of God. Have a conviction about the Word of God in your life. I'm going to finish in a couple of minutes, but let me just say a couple more things. You are two people you are your physical man and you are your spirit man. Yeah? Who knows that if you don't feed your physical man for a week, that's just going to change the way that you function. It's going to change the way you look. It's going to change the way you walk, potentially. You don't eat for two weeks. You don't eat for three weeks. You don't eat for a month, two months, three months, four months, five months. Good luck. You become malnourished if you don't eat physically. Your spirit, man, is more important than your physical man. We have this thing called the bread of life, the word of God. Give us today our daily bread. Give us today, you know, it's it's the will of God is to uh, my, my bread is to do the will of God. If you don't read your scripture every day, think about your physical body. When you eat your of your physical body, think about your spiritual body. Have I fed my spirit man today? <laughs> Have I fed him today? Oh, I haven't spent time with God this week. How's your spirit man feeling? Because then you'll come and see me and you'll say, oh, I feel spiritually weak. How's your spirit man? How's your spirit diet have you gone for a walk spiritually? Have you, have, you, have you hit some weights? Have you done what you can do? Have you tried to exercise faith? I've seen so hundreds, if not more, people in church life who have moments of just God. Because in moments like this, there is a different anointing. There's a corporate anointing. And it's like they get an injection of spiritual food but then you see them three weeks later and they're back to where they were because they didn't realize that it wasn't just about that injection it was about the next day it was about the day after and you can't rely on your pastor or your your connect leader to feed you everything you have to learn to feed yourself Yes, we have to feed our babies. Yes, we have to feed those who are young in faith. We have to help them, just like a physical baby. You help a physical baby. But at some point, you start to teach them, this is how you feed yourself. Yeah. Bear, this is how you eat with a fork. That's where is that right now? This is, and, he, and he tries to hit the plate and he tries. This is how you do it. So my heart for you after being away for a couple of months in terms of not being here in the flesh, is that we would be a people who walk closely with our Heavenly Father. That we would be a church that isn't a church of walking across the street from God, but a church who is holding the Father's hand. Because what will happen is this, if you become that person who walks hand in hand with the Father you will become a revivalist. And this church will become a church that impacts the city because the individuals understand that the power of holding my father's hand is enough. My pastor told me to learn to walk so close with my heavenly father that I hold his hand, I listen to his whisper. I'm led by him. When he wants me to turn, I turn and go this way because I understand that my father has got me. And sometimes I need him to pick me up. So I lift my hands in humility and humbleness and I say, help me. And he lifts me up. And he gives me his perspective. Listen, there's a reason why you don't hear me going on about vaccines versus non-vaccines and masks versus non-masks and this versus that. It doesn't matter to me. What matters is eternal things. Like hope for our city. Like love for those who need love. Like forgiveness for those who feel bound. Community for those who feel lonely. These are eternal things. I'm telling you, come February next year, you will hardly even hear conversation about all that stuff. We've got to move on. People need hope more than ever. Ever. I don't know if you know, but Lifeline has never had that, as many calls as they have now. Mental health crisis is real. we lived in two years now of uncertainty in our society. Add in the bushfires, add in floods, add in economic uh, question marks. People are in a place where they need stability. It's It's time for the church to rise up, to be beacons of hope, to be loving, to be caring, to listen. But we have to make sure that our hearts are so in tune with the Father's heart that we walk, simply walk with Him. You know, you you hear my heart. My heart is to be a shepherd in this place for you. And I I have this in my mind all the time. One day you will stand before the Father and I won't be there. I can't vouch for you. And what are you going to say? I pray you say this. Father, I wasn't perfect, but I gave my best to walk with you. I reached out daily and asked you to help me and to walk with me, that you would be my dad, that you would be my guide. And if that is what you can say with all your heart, you have lived a rich life. That is my heart for you. That's Charlotte's heart for you. That you would simply just walk with God. Is that good? One more story. My son loves to run around, but he's a bit clumsy. And if you look at his nose right now, there's a big scratch on his nose. Every day he somehow damages himself (laughs) because he just doesn't understand that he's clumsy yet. So he will run up and down our cement driveway until he falls over, pushing his little cart, his little trolley cart thing, and he will do laps. And then he will hit the deck and he will hit it hard. This week I was babysitting. Charlie went to school, went to work. And we're playing a game where he would jump and I would pretend it would shock me. And I would jump back. And he would scare me and I would jump back. And he thought it was hilarious. Because I'm the funny one in our family. (laughs) No, my wife is way... He thinks she's way funnier. And And he went... Ah, and I went oh and jumped back and he laughed so hard that he smacked his face on the ground bang, just oh smack blood's coming out of his nose (laughs) and the day he was standing on the couch, next second smack, face on the ground as I say to my wife we will only do it once Any other dads have that motto? They only do it once. All right, no? What am I trying to say? You're going to have moments where you fall over. You're going to have moments where it just one second you're standing, next second you're hitting your head on the ground. And what I want to say to you is this, it's okay. Because guess who's there to pick him up and say it's okay? Me. Guess who's waiting to pick you up and say it's okay? Your father, who is way, 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 way better than anything I could do for my son. But I failed, but I'm not doing this, but I didn't hit my goals, but bang, 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 and just get up. Just get up. Be humble enough to get up and put your arms up. Don't stay on the ground. But I've fallen over too many times, I'm too tired to get back up. Lay there and put your arms up. (laughs) Just turn your heart to God. I'm here. I need your help. And he is faithful. And he will lift you up. And he will shush you. Shh, it's okay. It's okay. It's all good. If only you knew the Father's heart for you. If only you knew the extent of how much your Father loves you. In Jesus' name. We're going to have, I think today is a free lunch, is it, Pastor John? What time's that? It's now. Okay. We're going to finish, but just for a couple of minutes, we're going to just pray together. Last week I said we'll do ministry. My wife's not here, and a couple of our pastors aren't here, so we might do that next week if you just excuse that. But we're going to still do ministry. It's just going to be a bit different. Let's just take a moment to ask that the Father, heart of God, would just touch our hearts afresh. Yeah? Why don't we all stand to our feet? Why don't you just close your eyes for a moment? You know, if you're here and you're just sensing your heart, you're like, I don't know my Father the way that you're talking about. Maybe you've never committed your heart to God. Maybe you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Saviour. Or you have, and you've he's across the street. I'm not going to get you to put your hand up, but I'm going to get you just to respond in your own heart. And just as you're standing there, just pray the prayer. Just, say, just pray, Heavenly Father, come into my life. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I believe, Jesus, you're my Lord and Saviour. And Holy Spirit, help me to walk with the Father. If you just pray that prayer in your heart, he's faithful to forgive you of your sin and to help you walk in freedom and in life. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Father, let let your heart just rest upon these people let your love just rests upon these people where there's been fear I pray that your love would break the fear and where there's been doubt I pray that your love would break any doubt and if you're here church and you're just like Father I just need you I just encourage you just like I said just like a little kid just put your arms up and just say help me Father Pick me up. Give me your perspective. Thank you, Jesus. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.